You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I'm Angie, and I'm host today. In the studio with me is Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello again. Hey, Angie. We're continuing in this wonderful series about discipleship. We've already talked about why we should disciple and be discipled, why it's so wonderful with the benefits, the benefits we receive from God and how we can honestly be so thankful for those that we want to be able to share those benefits. And today, Mark, we're going into kind of a how-to mini-series of as part of this discipleship. Today, how to practically disciple. Yeah, Angie, because we have been talking about, we touched on a couple times about has discipleship become a little archaic in the church? Has it become non-practical? You know, like, here we are in 2020, Angie, like, I know that Jesus said that we should make disciples, but that was a long time ago that he said that. Are there practical ways to still do it in 2020? Well, I think that most of the time we get focused on teaching us. The sermons are usually helping us to learn and grow, Yeah. but we forget that next step that we have to take what we learn and grow in and share it with somebody. Right. That's what discipleship looks like. And so practically, God's Word is telling us how we should actually do this. And that's not archaic. I mean, it's no, continuing on, right? Right, exactly. And so I've made a little mini list that we can go through today. How's that sound? It sounds awesome. I'm excited. So Mark, the first thing that I think that we need to do is ourselves, we need to be in God's Word and developing ourselves as disciples. Would you say, in all honesty, that you are a disciple of Christ? Yes, absolutely. And what makes you say that you are? What is the proof of it? Because I'm a follower of Christ, and the fruit of my life is what Jesus described as the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so those fruits, those evidences of the Spirit of God are coming out of my life, are being portrayed by my life. Here's what it looks like. A disciple takes on everything his master is. Absolutely. Everything. And so that's what a disciple of Christ looks like. It looks like someone that's taking on everything that his master or his teacher is. And here's the other interesting piece of this, Angie. A disciple defined in the dictionary online, it says this, a disciple adheres to the doctrines, but also teaches those same doctrines. Yes, that's exactly what we were saying about church. If you think about back in the Bible, the different, you know, obviously we have Jesus and his disciples because they're called his disciples. Right. But if you think back even further, Joshua was yes. a disciple of Moses. Yes. He learned everything about God and about the law and everything that Moses was being taught, Joshua carried forward. Right. And he took that same message as Moses' representation into the promised land. Amen. We have Elijah and Elisha. Elisha yes. actually prayed that he would get all of his powers and more when yes. he left this earth. And Double portion. Elijah, well, it was granted to him by God, right. to, from Elijah to him. And that's just another amazing story. But the Bible is full of how it's passed down from generation to generation, not just because they were taught, but they were being discipled. Yes. And so, yeah, we can look at the disciples out of the New Testament because that is very practical. That is Jesus saying, this is what I want you to do. Be my disciples. 
but it's really it. It's a mentorship. It's an apprenticeship. Mm, it's it's good. all these different things. And I think a lot of times as we as a as a church, as a big church, not just our own little churches, but as a collective church, I think sometimes we think that discipleship is different from missionary work Ooh. or outreach or evangelism. It's not. No. It's all the same. The only thing that I see could be a difference is discipleship is really designed to be a little bit more personal and a little bit more day to day. Right. Because the disciples lived with Jesus. They did. For three and a half years. They lived with him. By the time they were done, they had his spirit and they looked like him as his representation in this world. Yes. Amen. Everything. Everything. So how do you, Mark... Take it on to yourself. How do you personally motivate yourself to be an active disciple? What steps do you take every day to be his disciple? Well, first of all, you dedicate your life to it. Are you willing to walk away from everything else? Right. That's exactly right. And when Jesus called his disciples, especially the first ones that he called that were fishermen, Mm -hmm. he said, drop your net. And follow me. And they did. They left their father behind. They did. And followed. But not only that, Peter had a family. Yes, he did. And he walked away. I can't condone like just walking away from your family, (laughs) Family, right? right. But we don't know the behind the scenes of what that really looked like. And we can't make assumptions. Correct. (laughs) Right? Correct. But they were willing to walk away. But Peter still went to his house. Yes. Because he went there with Jesus. Exactly. So... Yep. There's a lot we could read into it, I suppose, but we're not going to go down that rabbit trail today. <laughs> and so the other piece of it is, is doing it every single day. Dedicating yourself is first step. Second one is doing it daily. Just like Jesus said, right, in Matthew 9, he says, take up your cross daily mm, and follow me. Yes. It is a daily decision, right? When you get up out of bed, you have to decide. And when it gets tough. You have to decide again. You still have to decide, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So it is a daily decision, isn't it, Angie? Yes. I guess you could liken it to any any student that goes to school. They have to decide they're going to school, right? Because the consequences will be something they will face if they don't. But if you're going to dedicate yourself and do it daily, it's a discipline. Mm. And really, that's where we get the word discipline from is disciple. Yes. So you discipline yourself to do this, to be a follower, to be a servant. And I love Matthew chapter 10, and it says this, a disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. That's verse 24. And verse 25 goes, it is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. Mm. And so there it is. You are trying to become, and I love how David wrote in the Psalms. He said, I won't be satisfied until I wake up in his likeness. Well, and David was known to have a heart like God's. Yes. Because he took on God's discipling when he yes. was out in the field he as a sure young did. boy. Right. And that, that's very practical. I think it's back to this word, and I love this word. It's back to the word abiding. Mm. Every day we have to abide. You said it was a matter of discipline. Right. If you're on a weight loss program, if you're in an exercise program, you have to be disciplined to be in that every single day. And when you don't feel like it, you still need to do it. You need to make a choice constantly. And I don't believe that we can just coast through this life. Mm. We have to we have an enemy that's constantly throwing roadblocks in our way. 
And so we have to abide with Christ every single day. John 15 actually talks about this. This is verses 5 through 17. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you may be my disciples. Mm. He says it right there. Abiding in him. And if you think about that, that is becoming part of him, and he becomes part of you. So the first thing we need to do is that. It is. We need to cling to him like he is our lifeline, because he is. Yes. And, And that's how we develop ourselves. So first, we need to be discipled by Christ. Wouldn't you agree? I do, Angie. And it says, my disciples will bear much fruit. Right. Right. Absolutely. That's practical. And I think that beyond knowing that we are his disciples and learning from him, and that's through his word, the second step is, and I've had to learn this one, is how to develop a love for people. Mm. You can love people who are lovable, right? Yeah. But what about the ones who are not so lovable, Mark? Well, that's where, (laughs) it's interesting. I was just recalling a conversation that I had this past weekend. I told my friend, I love you. And he goes, well, why? And I go, well, (laughs) because Jesus commanded it. (laughs) And he laughed, right? Yeah, of course he laughed. But you know, here's the thing, man. The only way to love unlovable people is to know Christ's love (laughs) for yourself. Oh, yes. Right? Because I was unlovable at one point. Exactly. And so you go, (laughs) remember when I was unlovable. Mm -hmm. And remember when Jesus did not forsake loving me when I was unlovable. So true. And that compels me. And and I'm reminded in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 5, he says, the love of Christ compels you. Yes. That's what happens, Angie. It's the only way you can love. Yeah. And he continues that. John 15, he he talks about this. We talked about abiding. Verse 9 says, As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. There it is. Oh my gosh, yes. When we abide in the love he has for us, we can love other people. Yes. And I've prayed for it, Mark. And I've prayed. I've said, Lord, help me to love people the way you do. Right. Because his is such a love I don't understand. Right. He can love anybody for any reason, and it nothing phases him. Amen. And I can't love that way. I've got too much junk right yeah, in right, my head. Yeah. And so I think that we just need to pray for that love. I agree. I heard somebody say, don't pray for more boldness, pray for more love. Wow. Because that'll, again, back to what you it, said, compel you to go will. forward. And here's what's interesting, Angie. So I'm thinking of how Christ's love actually transforms our minds and transforms our heart Mm. to be able to think. And God's love is agape love, and God's love is unconditional. Mm. Yeah, And I always throw conditions. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I'm human, right? It's just the way it goes. Yeah. The next step I want to talk to you about, so we've got personal development. This is from John 15, also the love that we need to pray for. How do you feel about being discipled yourself? I know you've been a pastor for a lot of years, but you are still discipled. Very much. Every single day. 
as a part of my devotion to Christ, I'm open to other people's gifts. Because here's what I'm afraid happens, is we get so shut off, and we don't allow God, who is speaking to many, many of us all the time, all these other people pursuing a relationship with Christ, and God is wanting to use them to speak into my life, to help shape me, to help mold me. Think about even a piece of clay on a potter's wheel. There's hands and fingers on that thing in different spots Mm. and shaping it and molding it. And I look at it like that, Angie, like I need to be discipled by other people as well. And in fact, the scripture teaches us in Proverbs that there's safety in the multitude of counsel. Mm. So God is using multiple counselors to speak truth, speak life to me. And yes, it's Jesus. And yes, it's certain ones that I have allowed to pour into me, but I'm also keenly aware that there are other people trying to help disciple me because they're just being this natural overflow of love coming in, abiding Mm -hmm. in love, and also love flowing out. Well, it talks about iron sharpening iron. I mean, that's what we do for each other. Right. And and yeah, I think that being discipled while you're discipling is key. But let me ask you this. When, at what point, should a person in their Christian walk begin to move from being discipled to discipling others? So I think this, Angie, because I've actually seen this. I've actually seen people get introduced to the Lord, repent, confess their sins, ask Jesus to be their Lord, and then I've seen them go and 10 minutes later start to share that love with somebody else. And some people might say, well, wait a minute. You haven't been a Christian long enough to be able to actually share that with someone else. Mm -hmm. And I go, really? (laughs) Because here's, I've seen it, Angie. I have seen it. I've seen people begin to turn around and start telling what Jesus did right for them immediately. Amen. How wrong can that be? It's not wrong. No. But that's why you have a community. Right. You have a body of believers that supports you because you don't know it all, but you're still discipling. Yeah. But I know that it's possible that if you want to be discipled and disciple at the same time, you can do it with a friend. Yes, you, you can. You get into God's word. You pray for wisdom. That's it. And if you run into something sticky, you find your pastor or uh, somebody else that you trust. Absolutely. And so a couple scriptural examples of that, Angie, was uh, the woman at the well. She immediately evangelized her city. Yes, she the did. The man at the Gadarenes <laughs> who was demon-possessed immediately went yes. and evangelized his city. So like how long and how many classes did they have to take? Yeah, right. Exactly. They went for it, they right? They didn't have any hoops that they had to jump through. Right. Your personal testimony, by the way, mm. is the way that you begin to witness it to is. others. That is the best way to start. Yeah. This is what God did for me. So I don't think that you need to wait till you're ready. You're able. You just need to be willing. Yes. That's and that's so how true. you start. Here's my final point of the four points that I had here. First was personal development. The next was love. The next one was being discipled at the same time. Here's the last one, Mark. And this one I'm going to tell you is from personal experience. <laughs> Do it scared. Just go. Just get out there and do what God is telling you to do. We just had this wonderful weekend of talking about discipleship, and a friend of mine said, I am ready to do this. I am ready to be all in. Mm -hmm. And immediately God asked her to pray for somebody, and she was obedient. And she was on fire afterwards. That's what I'm talking about. She was scared. She talked herself out of it, and then she said, nope, I said I'm going to be all in. 
She turned her truck around and she went back. Man, I love that, right? We just have to do it scared. It's always, there's always going to be those voices coming at us and trying to talk us out of it. You probably still deal with this, even you. Absolutely, every time. And here's the thing, Matthew 28, verse 20, and lo, I'm going to be with you yes. to the end of the age. That's the piece that we kind of inadvertently leave out, Angie. The, listen, and that's what happened. God met her, your friend, with her obedience. Yep. She turned around and said, nope, I'm making a decision. She had no training. Right. <laughs> and she just did it, and God used her obedience, and he was with her. This is the same person that the night before at Bible study would not pray out loud. She was so scared to pray wow. out loud. But she decided that morning she was going to be a disciple of Christ, and she was going to be all in. So she did it anyway. Do you know the disciples, when Jesus sent them out, had to have been scared? Right. We talked a little bit earlier about Luke 9. He took those 12 disciples. He said, here you go. I'm giving you all the power and authority. Go out and heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons and all of these things. Yep. Then he said, take nothing for your journey, neither staffs nor bag nor bread nor money, and do not have for yourself two tunics apiece. Basically, just walk. Yep. Is that not scary? Yeah. And then they, they didn't know where they were going to, but they right. were to just go and people were to take them in. And, and if they didn't take them in, they were just to dust off their feet and keep going. That's it. That is a scary move. That is. But they did it. They did it. And I love it because the next verse says they went everywhere and preached the gospel. Because again, God was with them. Yeah. Love it. That's, that's the bottom line. We have to remember that God is faithful to his word. And if he says that he is going to be with us, he is going he to is. be with us. And you and I know, because we've done this enough, it happens every time. Yes. Every time he gives us exactly what we need in that moment. He is And faithful. if nothing else, we can sit and listen and love. Right. That's all you need. You don't have to be profound. You don't have to speak into their future. You just have to listen and love. And as far as that fear factor, Angie, loop all the way back to the beginning, perfect love Casts out, out fear. fear. Very there good. it is. Well, that is a really great, this is practically how we can go out and be disciples. So great teaching. Let's go into our testimony. I am privileged and honored to have my dear friend and pastor and mentor and disciple maker of me personally, Pastor Neil Whitney from Allentown. And Pastor Neil, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for inviting me. So Pastor Neil has taught me like um, the super need for discipleship and, and what that really looks like. And for the body of Christ, what does it look like to disciple others? And Pastor Neil, you have taught me well on this subject, and I love that today's topic came up for that. We're just going to ask you, Pastor Neil, tell me about personally in your own life, what does discipleship mean to you, and how have you walked that out? I would say in a Christian walk, that means that we're following Jesus Christ. And if you read the Bible, you would find out that Jesus had 12 disciples. So if Jesus had disciples, then it seems pretty critical that I would have disciples. That's good. And also that I would be discipled by someone 1 Timothy 2.2 says, Paul's talking to Timothy, and he says, uh, uh, Timothy, I'm going to disciple you, and then you tell your friend and you tell your neighbor, and that is the, the crux of discipleship. It is not complicated. Discipleship is something that 
for me, it's mandatory. There you go. There's no no question. If you if if you don't have discipleship in your life, then I really question that you're growing to the level of spirituality that God desires you to be at. So, wow, it's just totally critical. I can't imagine. It'd be like being a Christian without discipleship. It'd be like driving an Indianapolis 500 car without fuel. <laughs> there you go. It's a good analogy, <laughs> Neil. So I was wondering about this. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in uh, chapter 11, verse 1. He said, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Talk about that a little bit, Neil. Like, it's a interesting thing when you make a statement like that, saying, hey, imitate me. But then really, he's saying, because I'm imitating Christ. But talk about that, Neil, because I guess for me personally, when I think about that, uh, I think, okay, yeah, I've, uh, I've tried to imitate Neil Whitney, because you're imitating Christ. But what does it mean to kind of display that and uh, let other believers, if you will, read your epistle? Well, I just coincidentally happened to talk to my mentor, Mike Nigren, this morning, and I shared with him that the number one thing that he taught me 27 years ago, I think, when I met him, and that's what discipleship is, is consistent and lasts a long time if uh, people are committed to it. Uh, He shared with me that uh, leadership and discipleship and relationship is one word. Mm. They are just tied together like the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the body, the flesh, and the spirit, leadership, discipleship, and relationship. Those go together. You you really can't separate them if, uh, if you're going to walk with Jesus. Jesus was by far the greatest leader that ever lived in the world. Right. There's no question about that. And he was a discipler. Uh, and uh, and you talk about relationships. Oh, my goodness, that was his life. Right. So we're, we're built to be in relationship. And discipleship is uh, relationship. And leadership is discipleship. And, and you know, it's just, you just can't have one without the other. That's so good, Pastor Neil. And I'm thinking about John chapter 17. He talked about all three of those things during that passage. You know, I and the Father are one. You know, Father, let them be one as you and I are one. That's relationship, discipleship, like Jesus was discipled by his Father, I guess. If you heard me say it, I heard my Father say it. It's that kind of a thing, too. And, man, was he ever a discipler. And he's actually praying for us in John 17 as well. So that is discipling us. That is a picture of all three of those terms. And you're talking about leadership. What a way to lead, but by being a leader of discipleship. (laughs) And I guess when you talk about the Great Commission, Neil, we talked about this earlier. We said, well, you know, if you had to label the Great Commission, a lot of Christians would label it as an evangelism passage, but it's really a discipleship passage, isn't it? He said, go therefore and make disciples. So that's really the first thing that he said. (laughs) Well, you got to go to do it, but you really need to do that. And then when he says, teaching them to observe all I've commanded, well, that's that commitment piece, Neil, because how long does it take to unpack all the things that Jesus tried to teach us? Oh my goodness. Well, first you make a friend. And then you make converts, and then you make disciples, and evangelism is a natural outgrowth of those three things. Mm. You don't have to be taught to do evangelism. Evangelism's in our heart if you have Jesus living there. Well, that's right. 
That's right, because it's and outreaching it's and loving on people. Sure. It's all about love. <laughs> yeah, if you I, can't love people, then you're not going to be very good at mentoring them because lots of times people could be a pain in the arm. If you know what I mean? <laughs> I do, Pastor. <laughs> I do. But here, here's a cool thing. So how do you practically do that? You know, how do you practically be a disciple maker? Well, the first thing you would have to do is come to the conclusion that when Jesus did things, we're supposed to do them too. Okay. It's just an act of being obedient. That's all it is. It's obedience. Yeah. <laughs> just be obedient. And people, anybody that I've ever talked to, anybody I've ever served with, they have a desire to make this world a better place to live and that other people have a better life. And that comes with being a Christian. So they know they're supposed to do it. But the big problem we have is fear. The number one thing, you know, the Bible says perfect love casts out what? Fear. Fear. All right. So when you disciple somebody, that's for me, that's an example of God's perfect love because you care more about them than you care about yourself. That's as soon good. as you start doing that, then the devil just tries to interject fear into the situation. Wow. So how you disciple people is love people. Yeah, so in this practical sense of discipleship, Neil, I'm going to just throw this out there and ask your opinion on this, because I talk to churches everywhere as well about discipleship, because it is that important to me. And like you said, it's mandatory. I love that word. But one of the things that I'm running into, and I wonder what your experience is, Neil, is the church today, the modern church, it seems like there's a bit of a feeling of discipleship is kind of an archaic thing. It's kind of a, an old thing, you know, in the church. And so I, I see people that either they, they don't really necessarily understand discipleship or that they see discipleship as a thing that's really not valid today. Well, I would agree with you that discipleship is not taught in the church to any degree, hardly at all. <laughs> So maybe we should change the name of discipleship to friendship. There you go. <laughs> right. That's a possibility. You know, right. call it something different. Uh, call it mentoring. Yeah. Call it call it something. But we have to get the idea across that And when I was growing up, there was a saying, no man is an island. No person is an island unto themselves. You know, we can live without other people. You can live without friends, but we're not designed for that. It's like taking a go-kart and putting it in Annapolis 500. That just won't work. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Everybody will be passing you. So what about the people that say, I'm not sure that I can really disciple somebody else? My experience in that is is, uh, they're not saying they can't. They're saying they won't. Mm. That's been my total experience on that. An introvert might say that. Right. Quicker than an extrovert. But everybody can disciple somebody if they decide that they're going to care about somebody else more than they care about themselves. Galatians 2.20 said, I've been crucified with Christ as no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So in the life I now live, I'm going to live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So, wow, if Jesus did that for me, why can't I do something for him? And discipleship is, is what he did, and that's what we're supposed to do. So bottom line, people need revelation. First, they need to understand that it's biblical. Then once they have revelation, they actually need training. Amen. I'm not saying it's automatic. It takes uh, some training to 
to be a real effective disciple, to disciple somebody else. And it's not hard. That's the key point. Right. How much training does it take? Give me a half an hour with somebody. <laughs> there you go. It. Make a friend. So if someone loves Jesus and are walking with him, the answer really is simple. Yeah, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to rely on the one who is perfect and his Holy Amen. Spirit living in you. Because the Holy Spirit yep. is really wanting to disciple us, and he is really wanting to disciple the world, right? He, His job is to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so one of the things that I yep. find commonly is people think they have to be a perfect Christian in order to disciple somebody. Well, if that was the case, everybody would be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. You know, the, everybody knows the disciples were far from perfect. Right. And they did a great job. And they were the disciples, right? <laughs> That's how That's Jesus right. termed That's them, right? right? Yeah, and they were far far from perfect. But here, here's the thing, and I think it boils down to what you just said is fear. Because people are reluctant to become a disciple maker for the reason of fear. And like you said, the devil feeds fear. That is his primary weapon is fear and to feed that in our in our own lives. And so the Absolutely. reason that we don't, we shrink back in fear. Fear causes people to shrink back or shrivel up. Okay, and what what changes that? Love. By getting, like you said, Pastor Neil, the revelation of the love of Christ. And that Amen. love of Christ casts out it, that fear. The, one of the core teachings we have is, is if you're going to disciple people, you need to be looking for persons of peace. That's it persons of peace. So if you meet resistance when you're talking to somebody and you know, that's probably not a person of peace. Right. Maybe that's a person for somebody else to disciple at a later date. Right. That's good. There are plenty of persons of peace out there that you don't have to uh, work with people that are a real challenge. You can work with people that have needs to uh, get closer to God. So look for a person of peace. That's what you pray for. Pray that God will put a person of peace in your pathway. Right. And Jesus actually told his disciples when he sent them out to seek out persons of peace. That's so biblical. So, Neil, yep. let me ask you this question, kind of like the final question, I guess, is this practical how-to thing. But you said this, that the church, the modern church today, is probably really lacking teaching on discipleship. How can we, you know, all of us, how can we that have been kind of awakened to this need for discipleship everywhere, how can we help the church, the big C church, how can we help the big church to see, know, and understand the absolute necessity uh, for continuing discipleship? How can we help people in that area? Well, it's gotten to the point that it's more of a bottom-up process than it is a top-down process. Hmm. So instead of expecting the leadership to teach you, uh, you can teach the leadership by example. Wow. That is that, that'd be my that's profound. Yeah, that is profound, right? And so what I hear you saying kind of in a sense is instead of belly aching about it, just live it. That's right. Just go out and do it. You yeah. know, Nike, they stole that from the Bible. Yeah, Let's they did. It. Yes, they did. <laughs> and so really that would be that is great advice because instead of waiting around for all leaders to get it, quote unquote, just start living it and start making disciples. And uh it yeah. causes people to take yeah. notice. 
Yeah, my, my grandpa taught me that winners take responsibilities and losers blame. Wow. So you just have to decide if you want to blame leadership and be a loser <laughs> right. or take responsibility and, and uh, be a disciple. That's good. That is really excellent. Pastor Neil, I'm so excited. And especially like in this conversation, like it's practical and it's real. And that's really what yes, I is. wanted the, the listeners today to get to know you a little bit and to hear your heart and say, how important is discipleship? Pastor Neil, you said, well, it's mandatory, right? And I believe that. And that is how the kingdom of God has grown from the day one, and it's still growing today, and it still needs to continue to grow. And that's each one of us making a disciple. So thanks for your time, Pastor Neil. I close by saying it's simple, but it's not always easy. Oh, that's true. Yeah, (laughs) nobody would ever say discipleship is easy, right? Especially uh, pastors that are discipling multiple people at a time, but it's absolutely mandatory. So thank you for joining us, Pastor Neil. And uh, you've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.